Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that? <laughs> I didn't find the one. I found someone I respected and we made it the one. In the sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on the one hand. On the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations. Because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. Today's guest is Dr. Val Cantor, a board-certified endodontist who specializes in biological and integrative dentistry. Val is a graduate of the University of Florida College of Dentistry. She runs a dental practice in Los Angeles called Integrative Endodontics, and she teaches at the UCLA School of Dentistry. Val is an exceptional doctor who is devoted to helping people feel at ease when they come to see her. Her approach to oral health is truly holistic, and she believes that patient education can make a big impact on someone's healing journey. It was fascinating to sit down with Val and learn more about how oral health can impact our overall health and well-being. We talked about her advanced approach to root canals, the technology she uses to diagnose and treat an infection, and she shares her advice for how to thoroughly clean your teeth at home. All right, let's get right to my chat with Dr. Val Cantor. So Dr. Val Cantor is here with us today, and I'm so thrilled to talk to you because you've been such an amazing physician in my life and helped me so much and taught me so much. And I think biological dentistry and endodontics are just the next wave of how we should be thinking about, you know, how we care for our teeth and our mouth. I really would love to start with just a little bit about your background, just for some context. And I know you're a third generation dentist, is that right? That's correct. So my father was born in Miami and his uncle at the time was a dentist. So he was introduced at that point. And he went to the University of Florida after serving four years in the army. And when he was serving in the army, they gave him a few options for where do you want to fit in here? And he ended up being becoming a dental hygienist in the army. And he fell in love with it. And so 
when he went back to school, the Army took care of his, you know, his college and his dental school. And he's an incredible man, an incredible doctor, and so caring. And so to grow up around that and to run around the office as a little kid, I mean, I would go into the rooms on the weekends and I would grab like the water, you know, the water guns and just be squirting them <laughs> on the walls. I have four brothers and sisters and I'm the only one that went into dentistry. So my dad was very proud and very excited. And as I got older, when I was in high school, they offered some programs and the programs allowed us to go out and work during the school day. So once you, if you had a certain GPA and once you got you know, a certain amount of credits completed, you could take on a job outside. And so I went and worked at my dad's office. And it was very fun. I used to goof around with the, the girls at the front desk and distract them from their job a little bit and, and learned a lot about you know scheduling and, and the administrative side. And then my dad started pulling me in to do some dental assisting. And that was interesting. I mean, I'll, I won't get into all of the gory details, but it was traumatizing. You know, when you're seeing blood and, and these procedures for the first time, your stomach starts turning. But then as soon as you introduce and you're actually doing these procedures and you're caring for your patients, something, it's shifted and it becomes completely normal and, and, it, and it feels good. It feels good to, to provide this care and to facilitate the, the healing journey of, of my patients. And so it was definitely an, an interesting development. And I knew from the moment, the first moment of our, of our lab in endodontics, I just... I knew it. You knew that's where you wanted. I knew it. That was like the concentration you wanted to pursue. Yeah. Is endodonta, is that just root canals or is there, is it broader than that? It's much broader. So endo means inside, inside of the, of the teeth, essentially. So dantia, tooth, and endo means inside. And it's really anything involving the pulp dentin complex. The pulp is the nerve and the blood vessels and the lymphatics. And so the, the pulp on the inside of the tooth, anything that affects that is essentially any treatment that is working towards, you know, healing that or affecting it is endodontics technically. So this can include regenerative treatments. Uh, we call them vital pulp therapy, where we're actually supporting the tooth's natural healing process and promoting remineralization in a natural way. There's also root canal procedures, of course, and other types of surgeries. But it's really the use of these advanced laser techniques that my associates and I have adopted, and it's been attracting patients from all over. Everyone wants to get this type of care. And I use this dental laser in every single part of my dental practice. In fact, we even have offer services for these non-invasive aesthetic procedures using the dental laser. And we offer this through a branch of our business called Kerasthetics. Really everything is endodontics when you think about it that way, because anytime you're taking a drill to a tooth or a laser or even getting a cleaning, you are changing the surface of mm. that tooth structure. Mm -hmm. And so you are stimulating the nerve and the pulp inside. So that's kind of a, a concept that not a lot of people really think about, but it's something I've thought about a lot. I'm like every single time we touch a tooth, we are affecting the pulp of the tooth. Even when you're you're chewing, I mean, the pulp is so amazing. It creates the second fastest reflex of the body after blinking, which is really interesting. We are designed to protect our teeth. Well, why are they so weak then. I've always wondered this, like from an evolutionary standpoint, I feel like we, our kind of longevity outlives our teeth. It wasn't always like that. 
and there are some incredible 80, 90, 100 year olds with their full set of teeth. It's all. But is it rare? It's rare because of, and Dr. Weston Price traveled the world researching this information and collecting data from different cultures and different people, like Aboriginal cultures, and seeing like how do these people still have these incredible jaws, fully developed, full sets of teeth in perfect harmony. Mm -hmm. And it's about creating the balance and harmony of the occlusion or the way your teeth fit together. I learned a lot of this from Dr. J. Harris Levy in Portland, Oregon, and he is the master of occlusion, in my opinion. And he's really taught me a lot about the pulp dent complex and what it means when we are chewing and, 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 and working on teeth. And we really want to just be minimally invasive in everything we mm. do. What happened over the years is we started eating processed foods and refined foods, refined sugars, and our jaws started changing. And, and why? Why does refined food. And so when you are, you want to chew, you want to chew, you want to breastfeed the babies, you know, when you're feeding these young infants, mush, baby food, they're not developing their masseter muscles, all of the muscles that are involved in chewing and the teeth and everything and the muscles and this fascia, it drives the development of the bones. Mm. And so if you pass that time phase where the jaws are developing and it becomes underdeveloped, I mean, it creates a whole domino effect. It affects the way you breathe, you know, and it affects the way that your teeth Mm. form and in what shape they come into. And so what about for mothers who can't breastfeed or don't want to? Like, is there something that they can do that's preventative? Yeah, so I think introducing whole foods as soon as possible. Like you want to get these children chewing on things mm-hmm. and, and not like a pacifier or something that's going, their jaws literally develop around the pacifiers. So you have to be really careful with those repetitive type motions yeah. and things that the babies are doing. My yeah. daughter loved her uh, thumb. I that loved was my the big thumb. Thing. I loved my thumb yeah. and it you know, it really affected the way my jaw developed. And, you know, I still don't have a perfect occlusion and I'm working on that with Jay and, you know, it's good to know that even you, it's going to be a journey. (laughs) It's going to be a journey for sure. But I remember, yeah, I remember her, her dentist saying, you got to get her off the thumb because it's keeping her jaw back or something like that, which I do. Yeah. A a lot of, there's a lot of issues with the jaws not fully coming forward. And for a while they were even putting headgear on people to, okay, well, if the lower jaw is back, we need to stop the upper jaw from coming forward when really it's a slow developmental process and we need to let the jaws fully develop. And now we have, you know, of course with Dr. Sherry Sammy and we have people that are practicing these beautiful integrative orthodontics where they're getting involved at a young age and they're helping and facilitating the growth and expansion. And that's what it's all about. It's about expanding and not allowing this contraction to occur. It seems like a huge shift from what was traditionally practiced. And I mean, I remember when I first, as I said, took Apple and my son Moses to Dr. Sammy and the way that she as a biological orthodontist was looking at their jaw development and their mm-hmm. sinuses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, what is she talking about? Yeah. Like I, I had never heard anything like this before. And so is that a cornerstone of biological dentistry, this sort of the way that 
the skeleton plays into the teeth. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, and, and you have to also think about the diet is so important and in the development, not only to get your nutrients and all these fat soluble vitamins. I mean, Dr. Weston Price talked about vitamin A, D, E, and K. He kind of figured out what vitamin K was before anyone really knew. He called it factor X and vitamin K is so important because it directs calcium in the body. So you need vitamin D to help absorb it in the gut. And so it's not just about about taking a bunch of calcium to try to make your tea stronger. You need all these fat soluble vitamins to help facilitate the process of how it's actually, you know, how, how it all actually works. And also with, you know, so many allergies now to foods and dairy and things. I mean, children are having these allergic reactions to dairy and creating so much mucus that they end up mouth breathing because they can't breathe through their nose. And when you're mouth breathing, it's catastrophic. It's catastrophic because it changes the way that your jaws develops and where your tongue goes. And then you end up with these really, really complex, you know, bites that need to be fixed. And it's a it's a major process and it can involve surgical procedures. There's a, if you get involved, if you get in early, you can usually do some expansion with the young children. But a lot of us as adults, like we are already past that point. So surgery is indicated in a lot of cases. And like I said, it's a complex process and I'm working through it myself like many other people. Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com host. So can you talk to me a little bit about the other pillars of biological dentistry? Like, for example... The microbiome of the mouth, is that important for, you know, health of teeth and gums? Absolutely. Are people starting to understand that more now in dentistry? And I know it's airways, like you talked about, Mm -hmm. it's it's the skeleton. So what are the other pillars of it? Yeah, I mean, the microbiome is is pretty much everything. It's us and it all. I just did my test, by the way, yesterday. I was wondering when those results were going to come. I kept waking up in the morning and like half asleep brushing my teeth. And then I I put the box there and I was like, shit, I was supposed to do my test. But I finally did it. Yeah. So we're doing an oral microbiome test to then, I I think it's going to be really interesting to see and to compare it to, you know, what's going on in the gut and is there dysbiosis? You know, what can we do to support the whole body? And For me, it's all about oral hygiene and diet is really everything. If you're eating processed foods, going back to that, the problem with it is the particles are so small and it creates more surface area. Mm-hmm. And that's why a smoothie tastes sweeter than all of the individual fruits that you would put in it. And so then the surface area of these sugars and these particles, they have more contact with the teeth, more mm-hmm. likely to cause issues and all of that. And so diet is, is critical and oral hygiene for the microbiome, for sure. And then you have to be able to repopulate 
the mouth with certain probiotics. And so taking them and- There are mouth probiotics? Yeah, there are mouth probiotics. So look out for those. Oh, There's some in forms of, of mints and other, I take an actual powder probiotic. And so I swish it around for a minute. And, you know, a lot of the toothpaste that we're using, and we can get into this a, a little bit later, are, you know, have some, some toxic- ingredients in them toxic to the bacteria and they can also you know affect our own cells as well but you have to be careful when you're taking probiotics you don't want to do it immediately after you brush because you still have those things in there that kill bacteria right mm. so it's about it's the, it's a whole sequence of timing and and I'm de developing a, a whole you know instructional protocol for people and it's going to be really exciting to help educate people on how to brush and how to go through this protocol so that you can have optimal oral health so yeah the microbiome is a is a huge factor and a lot of biological dentists understand that and they do these tests so we can see what's going on is there dysbiosis and what's also cool about these tests is you can actually look at genetics i think precision-based dentistry for me is a cornerstone and that means looking at each patient as an individual and not just doing the same thing for every patient. And is that an emerging way of looking at dentistry? Yeah, absolutely. Well, biological dentistry acknowledges that our patients need healing on every single level of their existence, the emotional, physical, mental, spiritual bodies. So for the physical, it starts with nutrition and making sure that our patients understand how to properly eat to support their oral and systemic health. And then of course, creating the ideal dental anatomy is absolutely crucial. Every single time that a tooth's shape or height is changed or shifted at all, it has a domino effect. Another crucial part of biological dentistry is really understanding and recreating a patient's ideal dental anatomy. Every single minute change made to one tooth's shape or height can completely change a person's chewing and swallowing behaviors, head and neck posture, down to the entire body alignment. Another pillar of biological dentistry is using non-toxic dental materials and doing it in a way where it's a precision-based model of care. Really, we spend time with our patients making sure and looking through these lists of materials that are compatible and we know that are not going to cause hypersensitivity reactions. And that ties into the overall number one pillar. It's creating a healing environment for the body and doing the least amount of collateral damage. So when somebody comes to you for the first time, generally, like what is your process? You know, normally I, I would imagine they're coming to you when they have an issue already, mm -hmm. right? How do you unpack their issue past just, okay, they have a crown that failed and they need a root canal? Like yeah. what are the, I find this so fascinating in what you do. Like what are the other elements that you look at? Well, let me, I'm going to take this moment to just do the introduction on integrative endodontics. So integrative endodontics is the infrastructure of my dental exploration to push the boundaries of dentistry, both technically and holistically. Integrative endodontics is both the name of my practice and it's the methodology that I created for practicing endodontics. It's a precision-based model that focuses on patient education and the overall patient experience. It's all about the preservation of natural teeth, using a holistic approach to oral and systemic health through biomimetic dentistry, and the use of lasers and other advanced technologies that dental practitioners now have. Great. So 
the process of when the patient walks in is I have tried to create an environment that is extremely calming and welcoming, number one. Because, you have succeeded. Thank you. Because when the patients come in, especially to see me, some of them are nervous. Some of them are very excited. And I get a lot of positive feedback for the vibe that we've created. You have a great vibe, and I'm a very skittish patient, so <laughs> I can attest to the vibes. There's been a major shift, and I, I have seen it. And <laughs> I'm honored to be a part of it. <laughs> so when the patients come in, first of all, when we are first introduced to our patients, we give them a lot of information as far as how to support themselves even before they come in. So that's with a great multivitamin that they, you know, because not everyone is taking the best source vitamins. And also I use some supplements, like if someone is dealing with inflammation, it's called BCQ. It's amazing. It's got bromelain, quercetin, boswellia, and curcumin. And it's in the perfect combination of, of the dosages are just perfect for dealing with oral inflammation. And then the third thing that's really important is fish oils and specifically EPA. So anyone that's coming to see me, they're dealing with an inflammatory process, most likely. I mean, we're, we all have it going on in our bodies at all times. So these are like three of the things that I recommend. And specifically with the fish oil, it's high dose of EPA. And because certain studies have been done, it's really interesting. They did some animal studies where they fed the animals, they used mice, and they fed them the EPA for a month, okay, in small amounts relative to their size and weight and all of that. And then they went ahead and they basically did what a dentist would do. And they, you know, drilled a hole in the tooth and there was bacteria from their mouth that was introduced into it. And what they did is they compared the mice that took the fish oil, specifically the EPA for the month, to the mice that had no nutrients, extra nutrients that they were supplementing. And there was a significant difference in the amount of inflammation present, not only in the tooth, but in the whole body. So they tested the blood and then they tested the tooth and there was like no infection developed in the ones that had the EPA and the ones that didn't, full-blown infection developed, systemic inflammation, you know, through the roof. Really interesting. So getting my patients on these supplements early is really important. And we also request to see, have you had any blood work done recently? Like send it over so we can just look. And, and I specifically love doing micronutrient testing um, from Vibrant America because they basically look at what are your levels of all of the different micronutrients, not only in the serum or, you know, that's floating around in the blood, but also inside of the cells. So they look inside the cells and outside the cells, and then they give you a full breakdown of everything. So it's really easy for a patient to analyze, and then they can bring them in, and then we talk about it. So if I know in advance that someone's coming in, we give all those sort of tools to prep the patient. Now, some of my patients, of course, are coming in on an emergency basis, so we don't always have those choices, but we, we right. provide them and we have the supplements in the office so that we can you know, give it to them and get them started on it right away. But I think the key is if you know that you're gonna have some dental work done, we prep our patients by, okay, get on these fish mm -hmm. oils, get on these anti-inflammatories now, because when you every time you touch a tooth, like I was saying, every time you drill on a tooth or use a laser on a tooth, you're creating an inflammatory response. So if your body's already ready to handle that, when you go in and have the dental procedure, it's going to be less likely that you're going to have an issue afterward or pain or discomfort, et cetera. Right. So th right. those are some of the things that we do to start. 
And you also do cranial sacral stuff and all kinds of great things in there. That like Yeah, we have an integrative practice where we have different types of practitioners that are there. You know, I've had patients that have had acupuncture during their treatments and every one of um, our patients really appreciates the the relaxation therapist that I have that comes in and he actually does some reflexology and massage on our, on the feet, which is okay. incredible. So, you know, when you're there and you're awake for it, you can really check out and go into a different place with, with those sort of That's amazing awesome. things. Yeah. So there's that and a few other things that we do that are really special to help our patients get into that parasympathetic mm-hmm. state. And that's really important to us. And it, you know, it all comes down to just practicing with compassion and that's one of the, the things I love so much about everything I've learned from Dr. Sammy. And your, your interview with her was just so beautiful and so inspiring on compassion in dentistry and compassion in medicine. And I think like, what I want to do is just find that beautiful merging point of science and compassion in everything I do with integrative endodontics. So will you just talk a little bit about what the difference in the root canals you do than the traditional root canals? And then I also want to ask you a little bit about, you know, this practice you have of doing things in this very compassionate way and different way because you know you're bringing new technology Mm -hmm. to root canals and then a new consciousness to root canals Mm -hmm. and I imagine you might have ruffled some feathers along (laughs) the way so I'd love to ask you about that too but tell me about how you practice root canals. Yeah. So the methodology of integrative endodontics, again, it's all about the patient. So one of the most important things is making the patient part of the process and educating them. So if you know what's going on, I mean, the power of thought, the power of meditation, the power is of what, of our thoughts are so important and it drives our reality, right? So I educate the patients and I explain to them, what are we actually doing? And I tell them about the processes of the body and the healing. And so now it's already in their head, like, okay, this is happening. I'm going to focus on this and this healing is going to occur. And I am part of that process. It's not just the doctor is performing a procedure. It's like, it's my body going through this process. And so just having them a part of it like that is really important. And all of them look at me and they're like, thank you so much for explaining this to me. And an important part of education is showing them visually what's going on. So we do 3D imaging on all of our patients. And in general, I think a majority of endodontists are now moving towards using 3D imaging. This is the gold standard, in my opinion. Anyone that's had a a root canal treatment in the past, this is my call to action for this interview, is please have a 3D scan taken. Why? Because you can detect hidden and silent infections in the jaw. And it's really, really important because the two-dimensional images that are taken regularly you know, at your cleanings or when you become a new patient to a dental office, they can easily miss hidden infections around any tooth, but specifically around root canal treated teeth because they're just at a higher probability of having an issue. And so we have to keep a close eye on those over the years. So if you've had it, you need the 3D scan. So I pull it up. The patients are amazed because you get to look at your skull, everything that's under all the soft tissue, the muscles, the fascia, everything you're looking at your bones and your teeth. And it's, it's really cool. And you get to slide through all the slices, look at the sinuses. And so it's an amazing tool to help them see what's going on. Okay. So, so that's one of the keys. And, and, and like I said, I think a lot of endodontists are using this technology, but I don't think they're using it probably enough. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to not only do before, but also for follow-up appointments and make sure that the work you do is, 
is mm. actually creating a healing response in the body because, you know, nothing's guaranteed in medicine. We always strive for success and excellence, but no procedure is, is guaranteed. And sometimes you don't get an optimal result. And so it's really important that we follow up and make sure that our, not only the, the mouth is healing, but that we're looking at the whole body and make sure, you know, that all of your inflammatory markers and everything are under control and that you're, you're feeling good. And so that's the key is education. Now, when it gets into the actual methodology yeah, and like process. Yeah, like what is the old school root canal? Yeah. And okay, then, so the old school root canal treatment Like the is, one that I had that I had to come to you to <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, endodontics for a long time, I don't think there was a lot of development in the technology around it besides the instruments that were used by hand to shape the canals. And it's kind of gone through a journey. And when I talked earlier about one of the cornerstones of integrative endodontics is biomimetic dentistry, what that means is trying to anything you do, preserve the natural shape of the tooth. And with traditional endodontics, what happens is, you know, a hole is drilled through the, the top of the tooth, the biting surface, to access into that pulp chamber where the nerve and the blood vessels or the infection is, is underlying. And once you get in there, you have to clean out these channels. And so in the traditional sense of endodontics, the only way to actually get to those channels were to use these little files, these little instruments. And for the early years, I mean, it was all done by hand. You know, and I have older patients that they still do that. <laughs> they, they, they do this sort of gesture with their fingers because they remember this dentist over them, you know, basically winding these files down in their tooth. And it can be, you know, a bit aggressive at times, especially depends on the shape of the tooth. I mean, some of them are very easy to clean. They're wide open. Some of them are really tight and calcified. And so every situation is unique and different. And these files were developed over time. And then they developed rotary files, which spin. They're like electrically driven by a hand piece. And that made the lives easier. And then as they started really looking at, okay, how are we cleaning these teeth properly using certain chemicals and cleaning solutions? Okay, well, to get these solutions actually down to the tip of the root where most of the bacteria hang out and the very tip of the root, and that's what is constantly leaking out into the bone when you have an infection, to actually get those things clean, we have to drill away a bunch of tooth structure. And so they would take these files and they would create like a funnel shape almost. And so that the cleaning solutions can actually drain down into these tight areas. We all know it's just not getting everything out of there. It's just that the techniques are, they're doing okay, but it's not perfect. And it works fine in some people and their bodies are able to, you know, reach a homeostasis with whatever's going on in that tooth and other people, not so much. It can create local and systemic issues when you have these kind of persistent infections. So then the irrigation or the cleaning with the solutions got more advanced and they started thinking, okay, well, let's agitate these solutions. Like, let's move them around a little bit. And that'll help create like a scrubbing action to clean the inside of the teeth. And so sonic and ultrasonic vibrations were used to just move the solutions around. And that's been kind of the gold standard for a long time. That's still not cleaning everything out. And, and everyone knows that. And... Then some really incredible things developed over, over a decade ago where laser technology was discovered and specifically using a class of lasers called erbium lasers. This type of laser creates bubbles and shock waves in water. 
and all of our cleaning solutions are water-based. Essentially how I explain it to my patients is you're getting a tsunami effect inside of your tooth. It's really powerful. If anyone sees these videos that I show, they're just like, their eyes get big and their jaw drops because they're like, oh my gosh, as an endodontist, all we want to do is clean these teeth to the max. And so with the laser, we're creating a tsunami effect inside of the tooth. And what's so cool about it is that you don't have to remove all of that tooth structure. You don't have to create those funnel shapes anymore. You've got to do a tiny bit of work, but it's practicing more of the biomimetic approach where we're keeping the tooth intact. Now, in a case where you've already had a root canal treatment and we have to do a retreatment, we're already starting from a place behind because the tooth's already been drilled and worked on, right? But now with the laser and with some other technology called Gentle Wave, we're able, that uses sound energy, sound vibrations, and it moves the solutions into these tight areas. So I'm using both of these technologies on every single case to clean and keeping the tooth structure intact. Those are the the main things that we're doing is preserving the tooth with minimally invasive, you know, work and then using maximum irrigation protocols. And one thing that I found really interesting was when you, when I was getting a crown put back on the tooth, Mm -hmm. you tested my body with different tooth materials or something like that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's some really cool labs out there that are doing, that have a whole database of pretty much every dental material you can imagine. One of the ones we use is called Biocomp. And then there's also one um, that's based in Europe called Meliza. And that's really good if you need to get like an implant placed. They can test for the zirconia, the titanium to see if your body is creating an inflammatory response. And that's essentially what these labs are doing. So you get your blood drawn at a lab, you send it in, and then you get a book of every single material. And is it the most compatible for you or not? So it's really cool as a dentist, because I promise all of your materials are in there. Cause I, you know, I was a little nervous. I was like, Oh, I kind of use these newer materials. Are they going to be in there? And this database is up to date. And so they have all the materials and then you can see, is this going to be satisfactory in my patient's body or not? And so you can use a precision based model Mm -hmm. by selecting materials that are going to work best for you. And what can be the side effects from a root canal that wasn't cleaned out properly long-term. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can obviously develop local infections and infections in the jawbone, and that may or may not be painful. And that's what a lot of people are surprised. You know, sometimes if you're too bothering you or you kind of feel that awareness that something's going on, it's not a surprise if you find out there's an issue that needs to be addressed, but a lot of them are silent infections. And that's what's really scary. And that's why I really motivate you all to you know, get a 3D scan to really evaluate that if, if you have previous root canal treatments. But those infections now, the research is showing, and there's like systematic reviews out that are showing if you have these infections in the jaw, you're three times more likely to have a heart attack. The systemic um, markers of the body are much higher if you have these infections. And the more you have, the higher the markers are. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really important for overall health that we address these and they need to be looked at very closely and followed closely. And what about old wisdom teeth sites too? Yeah. So I, I think what has been happening over the years during these extractions is some people are getting these areas in the bone where they just don't heal properly. And, you know, perhaps the site, you know, wasn't 
fully cleaned out. You know, there's not really, most dentists aren't really using any sort of antibacterial agent to clean out these extraction sites, just rinsing with saline and allowing the body to do its natural healing process. And uh, that's where a really cool thing like ozone comes into place, ozone um, gas, because it can be actually bubbled into the site. And it's really incredible to eliminate bacteria and any other sort of pathogens locally right there. And then the area can be also like using platelet-rich fibrin, which is your own blood. It can be spun down in dental offices and you get a congregation of all the growth factors and all of your immune cells. And you put these little membranes in the site. And that wasn't really happening, you know, during the when time I that got a, mine out. a lot of us had our wisdom in, teeth In out. 1918, <laughs> when they pulled my wisdom teeth. <laughs> so I think those two things are really important in cleaning these sites. And so what we're finding now is that there's areas when you take these 3D scans and you look, you can see areas where the bone never healed properly. Mm. And uh, I actually inadvertently found one of these when I was doing a surgery on a patient that had a, a root canal treatment. And so I've seen it firsthand. Some people call them cavitations. They can be called Nico lesions. There's some different names for it. But what they're finding in these lesions, and when you drop in and you see this infected bone that just didn't heal, they're finding markers inflammatory markers in the body in really high levels. And those markers are related to a lot of diseases. And so they're finding these high concentrations of these markers there. So we know that they're, they're causing an issue or at least whatever these markers are, are signifying that this is a problem area. And so, you know, you can go in and have those areas treated. And a lot of people that I talk to, it changes. It changes the way that they feel overall as far as their health, and it makes some major shifts for them. I've also, you know, on the other side, I've talked to some people that they didn't really notice a huge shift after having some of these procedures. So again, every person is unique and every case is unique. And so you just want to make sure that you find a practitioner that you resonate with, that you believe in and do your research and always get second opinion. I don't think that it's broadly known, you know, that an old wisdom tooth site or a root canal that was done a long time ago and without all of this technology can be causing people's chronic fatigue and gut issues. Like that's the thing that's so fascinating. And I mean, we're like the connection from the mouth to the gut, it's just, I mean, we're swallowing these pathogens all day. All day. Yeah. And so there's a very strong connection. And so when you do have an infected root canal or, I mean, gum disease, when you have periodontal disease, gingivitis, I mean, you're swallowing these pathogens all day. And it, it can be a major issue. What are some of the things that we can be doing daily to mitigate these, you know, bacterias or gingivitis? Like, what do you recommend? I mean, it's all about oral hygiene. And I really want to take some time to to talk about that right now, because I'm developing this whole education program. I think that most people are not brushing with intention. I think they are sporadically moving the brush around and multitasking and doing whatever they need to do. And, and I, I go through my process and I love it. And I do it in the shower, you know, in the mornings and it's extensive. And when I actually sit down with my patients and I show them and I, you know, and I'm an endodontist, so I I don't get to do the cleanings and, and really have these moments usually, but some people need it. You would be surprised. The patients that are so you know, they're so holistically minded and they're eating so healthy and they're doing all the things and they come in and I'm like, you aren't cleaning your mouth properly. (laughs) And like, everyone's so worried about the root canals and all of this stuff. And I'm like, 
clean your teeth and your gums. Like, let's start with the basics. Cause I really think that that is actually the core. And like, and when you, our teeth are, they're made to protect themselves. They are strong. They're the strongest structure in the body. And so, I mean, the enamel is just like, it's incredibly strong, but when you're beating on them day in, day out, and your bite's not balanced, you start to get cracks and they start to weaken and they start to wear in ways that they shouldn't. And so you really have to be mindful, obviously, like what we were talking about with occlusion, but, but with the brushing techniques, I, I encourage you all to look at every tooth as an individual being and give it all of the love, you know? <laughs> so each tooth is, is got this 360 degree circumference. And so think about how you can address each surface. So take the toothbrush and you're working around all of the different levels Electric of the Electric or regular? You know, if you have the dexterity to use the regular, it's absolutely perfectly fine. But I I go back and forth, actually, but I do love an electric toothbrush. I do electric at night and regular nice. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I think it's really important to mix it up. And I think with the electric toothbrush, you have to keep in mind the vibrations of the bristles are doing the work. So you don't need to move your hand around really quickly. Oh boy, you actually, I haven't been doing this correctly. Exactly. So no one knows. So we're going to talk about it. Okay. So with the electric toothbrush, you have to hold it in position and allow the vibrations of the bristles to clean that what? area. Why didn't anyone tell me and this? So, <laughs> so you're going to move slowly. You're going to move slowly around each tooth and each surface. And basically the most important surface is really where the tooth and the gum meet. There's a little crevice there. It's called the sulcus. And it's important that the bristles get in there. When you're getting your teeth cleaned and they're shouting out those numbers, two, three, four, yeah. five, hopefully not too many numbers higher than that, that is the measurement in that crevice. So you want that crevice to be tight. And so it's it's the equivalent of going to the gym. I mean, brushing your teeth properly, it, you should not be using a super soft toothbrush, in my opinion. You should be using like a medium or a firm toothbrush because you need to get in there and clean this, this area. But with the electric, you need to just hold it in place, let the vibrations do their thing, and just slowly move it around the mouth and hitting every surface. Make sure you're brushing the outside of the teeth, also the inside where your tongue is. That allows lot of people miss along the gum line in there, especially in the back teeth and they're hard to reach. And if you've got your wisdom teeth, I mean, it's, it's a process. It should not be a one minute or even two minute thing in my opinion. So my process is, you know, I first like brush, I do, I do a quick brush firstly and just coat all of my teeth with my amazing toothpaste. And then I floss. And that when I'm flossing in that second step, I'm like kind of driving the minerals from, from my toothpaste into the area, right? And then and then when I'm when I'm finished that, if you really want to go all the way, you grab your water pick. This is what I do in the shower. And then I water pick in between the teeth. And the water pick's really nice. I like it because it's once a day you do the water pick? Yeah, once a day. I just I use it just in the mornings and I'm just basically pointing it right in between the teeth in, in the little triangle there and just holding it for a few seconds to help blast out any debris or anything that might be caught in there. It doesn't really replace flossing Mm because the flossing is like cleaning that contact point where the teeth touch when you hear that little click. And, but the water pick is helpful, especially for people that have had kind of changes in, in their gums and their bone and they have recession 
you know you have recession if your teeth look a little bit longer than they used to. That's essentially what's happening is the gums and bones are shrinking around it. And that can be from wear and tear and all sorts of things. I think a lot of people think that recession is from overbrushing. That's only in patients that are like extremely OCD. I, I really think so. I, the recession is actually caused by the bite forces being imbalanced. So it all comes back to the bite. So yeah, So and then I go back and I finish my brushing process. So I spend about five minutes, you know, right. brushing my teeth in the morning. We're going to put out some educational content. I can't wait for this. Yeah. So, so when is this coming out? It's coming out this year. So and endo SoCal is, is kind of the, the forward facing brand of dentistry that my team and I are creating and it's all about patient education. So we're going to have, you know, we're going to have this toothpaste videos and interactive things that patients can can use and really learn because not a lot of people know how to brush. Yeah. So look out for that. It's coming. I just learned how to brush at today years old. Yeah. So I'm just 49. remember every tooth is its own unique being and give it love. Really brush one tooth at a time and, and don't quickly move from side to side. Do it methodically where you are literally going from the upper left, slowly move all the way around to the upper right. Then do the insides from the right all the way back to the left and then move down to the bottom and just do it tooth by tooth. I, okay. I encourage you to try it and see how clean your teeth feel. So there's a school of thought around root canals. Like once you remove the blood supply mm -hmm. to the tooth that you're leaving dead tissue in the oh, body thank you so much. Yeah, and it's this. always going to be infected or a problem. Yeah. So what do you say to that? I'm so glad you asked this because this is a conversation I have every day. And I think it's really important that the patients hear this, but also the dentists, so you know how to respond and how to have this conversation, I think, in, in a compassionate and scientific way. So the teeth are supplied through two sources of, with its vitality, if you will. The pulp is the main source for the tooth, and that's where those fast-reactive nerve fibers live that I was telling you, the second fastest reflex in the body. And the blood vessels and the lymphatics, right? But at that point where that complex enters the tooth, it also splits off and it extends around the outside of the tooth into the periodontal ligament. And this is really important because this also gives neurofeedback, you know, and it allows the brain to know when you're putting certain pressure on teeth. It's not quite the same as the pulp, but it is really important. And what's also important about the periodontal ligament and those tissues is that there's blood flow there that nourishes the tooth from the outside, but also nourishes all of the surrounding bone. I don't think many dentists even know this, but the periodontal ligament supplies like 70% of the blood flow to the surrounding bone. This is why when you take a tooth out, everything kind of shrinks down. It, you know, the bone kind of shrivels down a little bit because it, it lost its blood supply. You know, it still has some from the periosteum, which is a thin layer next to the bone and the gingiva. And of course there's bone marrow running through the bone, but it, significant amount of the blood supply is lost. So what I tell my patients is, hey, you already have, you know, when they come to see me, and, and this is such an important point because people that have heard things about root canal treated teeth and that they could potentially be a problem for their oral and systemic health, sometimes they have these infections and they're kind of putting off having a root canal procedure. And so I see, you know, holistic minded patients come in and say, hey, I don't want a root canal, quote unquote, because it's going to be a problem in my body. It's going to, and I was like, 
okay, wait a second. You actually right now have the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. You actually have a dead tooth in your body right now. That's the worst case scenario. When a root canal treatment is done properly with all of the advanced technology that us practitioners all have access to now, and you should be investigating and purchasing this equipment so that you can provide the optimal care, in my opinion. If you're doing these root canal procedures, they need to be to this certain standard, and we need to do advanced cleaning and irrigation. And if it's done properly, you can essentially remove all of that necrotic tissue. Mm -hmm. Now, there's, again, there's no guarantees. Maybe you're getting, some of the studies are like 99% of everything out, right? And so if we're able to remove all of that with this advanced cleaning technique, then there's no more dead tissue left in the tooth, essentially, right? And the tooth is made of this hard mineral structure. A lot, most of it is this, you know, inorganic calcium, phosphate, hydroxyapatite, these, these mineral complexes, right? And so what, what I've been filling the teeth with and, you know, with the root canal procedures is also made of minerals. And so I inject those in and I have a, you know, a very special technique that I developed. And, you know, I do private trainings for dentists that want to come learn these techniques. It can take like kind of a one-on-one so I can like sit with you and teach your team because it's, it's, it's taken me about five years to develop it and it's really technique sensitive. And so that's, that's what I've been doing. And I tell my patients, Hey, now I, I kind of compare it to like a, your fingernail. I'm like, you're not really going to rip all your fingernails out because it, it, it itself isn't, you know, have blood vessels, but they're all underneath and they're supplying it from underneath. So when you have a tooth that's treated properly, cleaned properly, sealed properly, remember you have that ligament, that periodontal ligament that's nourishing the tooth from the outside. It has immune cells that are on high alert that are going to let you know if there's a problem there. And that's what we look at when we look at those 3D scans is we're looking at the ligament. We don't see if there's an infection in the pulp, you, you can't detect that actually in radiographic images, but you can look at the ligament in really fine detail and you can see, are you swollen? Are you irritated? Are you infected? And you can see the different layers of that inflammatory process. And so that's what I tell my patients like, hey, I think keeping your natural teeth is the best option in a lot of cases, not every case. Some teeth can't be saved and shouldn't be saved, but in a lot of cases they, they can be saved and they're nourished from the outside with this periodontal ligament. I think it's really important. But then what's so important is you have to keep it clean because what's really cool about the teeth when they are alive is they have an incredible defense mechanism. It's connected to your parotid gland and your pituitary. And when you are eating certain things or when you're stressed, everything changes. And so the teeth have this natural ability. I call it like sweating. The teeth are almost sweating and it's pushing out these immunoglobulins, the things that like we're looking for bacteria and it helps push out the bacteria so nothing can invade. But when your tooth is not alive anymore, you don't have that sweating mechanism that's, that's driven by the pituitary parotid access. So everything can influx. So that means if you have teeth that have had root canal procedures, you got to give them extra love and really keep them clean. Really, really keep them clean. That's great to know. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Dr. Val Cantor. To learn more, head to her website, i-endo.com. That's the letter I-endo.com. 
Thanks for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. I hope you'll listen, follow, rate, and review all of our episodes, which are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts.